Hey guys, this is Kyle Klammer. And this is Zach Welch. And this is Good Life Bowhunter, official podcast of the NBA. Absolutely. Here we are again, my friend. Here we are again. Yeah. Think, uh, people might have forgot who we who we are for a second there, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, no, that's no kidding, man. But uh, finally got time to sit down and record one. You know, we yeah. both been pretty busy and even ran into each other. When was that? Last weekend. A couple weekends ago, yeah. Yeah, we were both we were, we were both under the same roof and didn't even get an episode recorded, but. Yeah, yeah. Figured, figured we should uh, probably get on that, but Absolutely. here we are. Yeah. yeah, hopefully nobody's too upset with us, I suppose, but we're we're trying our best. It's just, I mean, not only is it a busy time of year just for hunting stuff, but it's just busy time of year for everything right now. So it is. I don't know, I don't know that I've been. Uh, I don't know that I've spent a weekend at home here probably in the last month or month and a half so <laughs> i know and every time i think i'm busy i think of you you have a wife and a kid and i don't so i i can't even compare what what my busy schedule's like to yours because man oh but you're in you're in school though buddy that's just a whole different kind of busy it's, yeah well yeah. life happens you get busy but here yeah. we are recording an episode and uh kind of kind of talked over before we're recording here and we're going to try to get a few episodes out yep. here for you guys and uh hopefully get some more content to you guys now hopefully that kind of more settled in and, mm-hmm. and uh got a plan together for maybe a few guests to record here soon yeah absolutely so yeah man well so let's just jump right into it um right. i think we i asked you quick and didn't sound like we had any major NBA announcements other than just uh um newsletter coming out pretty quick here, right? Yep, the new newsletter should be coming out and if you guys didn't see the last one, it was the color edition and man, Amber did an awesome job on that. that oh, was, yeah. That was a big hit, it seemed like. So props to you, Amber, for putting that together. That was phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. I really enjoyed that that was really cool so good to good to see that i mean yeah nothing nothing's anything wrong with the old black and white but it just adds no. another dimension to everything you know but, it does it's pretty cool but. yeah for sure um but yeah other than that i mean i guess you know it's kind of funny to be thinking about but i mean probably think about starting to talk about the banquet and stuff here and first weekend of March. I mean, that'll be coming up before we know it. Seems yeah, like a long ways away, but it's really not that far. <laughs> oh, I know. Rolls up on you. I mean, last time we talked, it was September, and now here we are, and it's November. Yep. And it yep. just shows you how quick a few months can fly by. So yep. I'll be talking about the banquet here soon. Um, I think last time we talked, we're moving venues yep. um, in Carney. There will be some more information about that, I, I suppose, in the next newsletter. So yeah. Or if not, maybe the one after, but yeah, be yep. talking about that here pretty soon. Absolutely. So, but yeah, man, I guess, uh, we've been busy. We have, <laughs> we freaking, uh, I don't know, man, do you want to just start us off and I guess tell us about, uh, what you've been up to? I mean, last time we talked, I think we kind of touched on, I was getting ready to head antelope hunting and you had, uh, um, you just shot that really nice goat. Um, but yeah, let's just do a mid season update or I guess for you, it'd be end of season update, but <laughs> I guess you could call it that. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, yeah, that last time we talked, man, that's crazy. It seems like it was already first part of September. And here we are, like I said, first part of November, two months later and man, it just flew by a season did. Um, yeah. I, people have listened to previous episodes, you probably are very familiar with my long running history of the Muley curse. So that was absolutely my top priority this season back here in Nebraska. And man, I, I was in class after the first couple of weeks, I really only had to be in class three days a week. So you can imagine probably what I was doing the other, you know, other four days of the week, but, but uh, no, it allowed me a lot of time to spend at home and 
actually ended up getting a buck down mid-September. He wasn't anything special, but man, That's it was just a cool a, buck, man. Don't 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 underplay him. It was a neat. It was a cool buck for sure. He he was. I was I was tickled with him. I was actually planning on hunting whitetails on my way home and uh, went south of town to one of my spots and there's nothing on camera. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm not going to drag my scent in there this early in the season. I got plenty of time. I'm not going to sit if there's not a buck there in daylight. So I went and walked some hills um, <clears throat> before heading back to class and, and uh, sure enough, spotted a muley buck all by himself. I mean, last hour of light, it was a super windy day. I made quick work and I mean, it was really that stock went, I mean, just exactly how I wanted it to. And I found myself 16 yards from him. And I never really did get a good look at his rack. He was in kind of in some tall grass. And when I popped up over this bank, he was right there, bam, 16 yards away. I can see the tips of his tines. And so I drew and I could kind of see his body just through the, through the grass there. And so I'm like, well, I'm just going to put my pin there and if I can squeeze one in there, I will. Or if he stands, he stands even better. And he stood up and kind of bounced out of his bed. And, and I shot him right there and watched him go down. It was, uh, like I said, the past three years, I've had the opportunity to chase some giant muleys. And he was by far not even close to the biggest one I've had the opportunity to chase. But just that, to have that all kind of come into fruition, you know, that that main goal of wanting to get a muley buck. and to have that confidence that I have been learning from my mistakes and trust me, there's been a lot of them. Um, kind of just piece that together and, you know, just have that good complete stock to give you that confidence to show you, you know, you're learning becoming a better hunter um, yeah. from, from all these mistakes. And uh, I actually wrote an article on that. Um, it might be in the next one, if not maybe the one after kind of just what that deer meant to me. It wasn't, like I said about one deer, but kind of just the past three years and yeah. So yeah, that was a that was a fun hunt and yeah. Um, it's uh, it's kind of funny you bring that up, Zach, because I was I was talking. I remember a couple of weeks ago I went out and was stalking mule deer out at my in laws' place and and uh, I don't remember what had happened, but um it just always, I remember thinking something on my way home. It was sort of to the effect of, I wonder how many times more I'm going to learn the same lesson that I've already learned. Exactly. <laughs> because I feel like no matter how many times you do it, you know, you think, you think you're doing everything right and you just forget something or I don't know, maybe I'm just a crappy hunter, but I don't know. It always seems like, you know, there's just, it's like, I remember this now, or I'm, I'm trying to make sure to do this. And then it's like, Oh yeah. But what about that other thing that you forget, forget something else, especially, you know, when you had pressure in on top of it and you got the yep. you know, anxiety of having deer right there and you're trying not to get pegged, you know, it's so easy just to forget, forget something little in the, in the moment, you know, that you didn't forget last time and you're trying to remember something else, like you said, and mm -hmm. it shows how many little details go into perfect stock that's why it uh doesn't happen very often yeah yeah no for sure man but yeah when he said that i just i was thinking about yeah. that and i'm sure i'll learn those same lessons again at some point just uh right <laughs> already learned them 10 times and i'm sure i'll learn them 100 more by the end of it but <laughs> absolutely that's just that's just part of it but it's how you become a better hunter yep yeah, maybe by the hundredth time I'll actually remember or something. But exactly. Haven't <laughs> <laughs> haven't found a hundred ways to fail, but you just what you really found was a hundred ways not to kill a deer. So yep, pretty much. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, man. But uh but yeah, anyways, didn't mean to interrupt you, but I was just Oh no, you're you're, you're good. good. You're good. Yeah. But no, so yeah, I guess that was my first buck and my second one. I had been hunting this new place and man, I was hunting my butt off there. I mean, that was a, that was one of those deals I was hunting basically trying to even remember what my class schedule was. It was like Tuesday through Thursday, like all day. So like they just packed them into three days. And so I was seriously hunting like Thursday night, if I could, if I could get back in time, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, like I was just pouring my heart and soul into this place and had seen quite a few 
good deer and had some really close calls. I mean, just some phenomenal encounters with deer. I mean, several times they were just right there and one little thing would go wrong. And finally, one evening I was actually out after another buck. I had been watching several times and was just waiting for the perfect time to go in after him. And, uh, I had spotted the deer a few times. I mean, I think even the day before I had seen him. So I go out in the evening to try to locate him and it's a dead calm evening. So pretty much right off the bat of the set, even if I see this thing, I'm not going to stalk him because it's just not going to happen on a night like tonight. But if I can get eyes on him the next morning, the wind's supposed to absolutely howl. So I'm like, if I can get embedded or something, I can slip in here in the morning and, you know, stalking conditions are going to be ideal. And so anyways, I'm uh, trying to find the buck. He had been coming to this hay meadow. And I actually kind of turned around and looked behind me and there's a buck feeding in the draw behind me. And I'm like, oh, that looks like a nice buck. And I put glasses on him and he was a stud. I mean, a, one you don't even hesitate if you get a chance at. I mean, he was a just a gorgeous five by five, just symmetrical muley. On, and uh, anyways, I watched him that evening. Um, I realized it was probably too calm to go for a stock. I watched him and he actually had three other bucks with him. And another buck that was with him was a really nice buck too. I mean, would have shot either of them in a heartbeat. And so I watched them kind of bed up in this little bowl. Actually, I didn't watch them bed. They went up in there and it got dark. So I just backed out of there. Um, came back the next morning, got on the same glassing point, And it had maybe been light enough to shoot for five, ten minutes. And the wind's just howling. I mean probably 30 plus and I turn around and I see you know one of those big muley skyline behind me several hundred yards away and he's just feeding and they they were right above the little bowl I watched him go into the night before and uh, I kind of had an idea where they were going I'm like well if I drop down off this point circle clear around I should be able to come right up into the draw they're feeding down so that's exactly what I did I I mean, left my spotting scope there. I took off running down the hill, circled clear around, and I come up over the top of this huge, steep, high hill. I'm like, okay, when I pop up over this, they could be in any little of these pockets here. Pop up over the first, they aren't there. Pop up over the next one, and I see the lead buck, which was one of the smaller ones. I think he might have been a forky or something. And I range him, and he's like 25 yards. And so I just kind of tuck in right there and I'm just like, okay, he's right where he needs to be. Those other, those other bucks should be coming right behind him. And I'm sitting there for a couple minutes and the buck's getting closer and closer. And I'm just like, those other ones aren't coming behind him. Like I'm either going to have to move cause he's going to come over top of me and, you know, come unglued if he sees me when he pops up over this lip. So I'm just at the time I'm thinking if I should drop back and just wait for him to pop up over the side hill. I see the bucks bringing up the rear and they're the two nice ones walking pretty much side by side. And I'm ranging them as they're walking towards me and they're 35. They're just slowly feeding. And so I kind of tuck down in the grass cause I realize, you know, they're going to come right where that little one is. And, uh, I kind of peek up and the next time I see them, I just see one of them is perfectly broadside. And so I range him at 30, put my release on, I pull back and, I pop up and put my pin on him and he doesn't even lift his head up, but I know it's one of the two shooters. And, uh, so I shoot and I, I shoot him and he jumps and takes off running down the hill and, uh, bails over the side. I'm like, awesome. Drilled him, you know, and just about that time, the bigger, the two bounced up on top of the hill. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to say, I told you this before that I shot the wrong deer because either one I was going to be tickled to death with. No. Uh, but for a second there, I was like, I thought I shot that buck. You know, I, I was like 90% sure I shot him. You know, so it was buck when I saw him standing up there on the hill. But either way, like I said, both bucks to me were shooters and I was going to be tickled either way. So, uh, yeah, I, I watched those bounce over the hill, went up there, grabbed my arrow, and uh, my deer was down there bedded in the bottom. And I ended up having to put another arrow in him. But dang things are tough I thought maybe it was a bit back but it actually uh he was slightly quartering away when my arrow hit and uh I think it just caught one lung and took him just a little while longer to expire than you know the five seconds I was hoping for but that's uh they're tough critters sometimes you got to put another one in them but fortunately 
it was and he didn't last long after that so yeah no that was my that was my season here in nebraska so yeah got the muley monkey off my back i guess so that yeah a, that was freaking awesome man yeah you i kept uh I just every day I'd just be waiting for picture, text, or something. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's, like, it's like it's just waiting for a little, little Christmas present every day. Zach, what are you doing, bud? I know. <laughs> I was I was putting a lot of time into it. I think uh, my mom's patience was running pretty thin on me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it was like I said that class schedule just made it ideal. I was hunting pretty hard out there, but. I was determined that, that uh, that's where I wanted to get it done. So glad it worked out. Yeah. No, that's awesome, man. Good for you. I mean, I know, uh, I know we've talked before and those mule deer, have, I mean, it's not like you haven't shot mule deer before, but just, you know, that they've the past few years have really kind of been a real pain in the butt for you. So. Well, they've pestered me. They've haunted my night. They've haunted my, uh, on my dreams for a while and yeah a lot of late nights and early mornings and some tears and it was all worth it though yeah yeah no for sure man you bet uh, yeah and then you went uh what up to south dakota right i did yep private stuff i did last year i actually ended up leasing it out and uh so they weren't given permission this year which means fine by me i mean can't blame the landowners on that when they get an opportunity to make some money and it's their land they can do what they want with it and no 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 hard feelings over it anyways i, I was just glad to get to hunt that place once and so anyways i decided to hunt some public land kind of in some badlands type area and went up there i had some time off for fall break and saw one decent buck up there but man there were a ton of deer just nothing big and uh saw one decent buck I actually stood up to glass and I looked behind me and he was feeding cordon away at 81 yards and I probably could have tried him but it was the uh, first day of the hunt and I didn't end up doing it and ended up settling for what what a lot of people would call a dink but I was pretty tickled with him I put on a lot of miles I think I put on over 30 in the two days I was there and they were tough miles, you know, and I, I saw this buck bedded and I snuck in there and I texted my dad. I said, if I get in there and it's a chip shot, I'm doing it. And I just, <laughs> I couldn't resist. I got in behind this tree and butt scooted to the edge of it. And he just sat there just in his bed, almost half asleep. And I'm just like, man, should I do it? Should I do it? And I clipped my release on and the rest was history. I couldn't resist. He was, <laughs> he was, I think he was 27 yards bedded, just completely oblivious. I was there and I shot him and it was a pretty much perfect shot. And he didn't go very far and piled up and I think I had to pack him like probably close to two miles out one way and had to make two loads. So it put the, put my legs through the test there for a couple of days, but that was just a fun hunt doing something new mm -hmm. public land, you know, uh, putting on those miles, hunting new country, probably one of the smallest deer I've, I've had the opportunity to shoot, but one of the biggest experiences I've had, that's for sure. Just getting to do something new, being out there by myself for a couple of days after finishing up some classes and just having some time to unwind. That's what it was all about. I was, uh, I was pretty tickled and I'll tell you what, he tastes pretty dang good too. Oh man, I bet he's delicious. <laughs> oh, he is. <laughs> Wish they all tasted like that. Yeah, man. No, I, I, uh, no, man, that was awesome. It's like you said, you know, I mean, yeah, it's not the biggest buck in the world, but who cares? Like, mm -hmm. I mean, you had a great experience. And, you know, I talked about that in that article I wrote for the last issue. Just, uh, you know, getting out and doing something different, you know, like go to another state, uh, go. You know, whether it's by yourself or go on a trip with your buddies or do, you know, do something. But um, I don't know. I just I just think about I mean, that's that's just great because you just kind of do those things because you keep thinking or saying, oh, I'll do it, you know, next year. 
I'll do it the year after. And then, you know, before long, 10 years has gone by and you haven't done anything. I haven't done it. Exactly. Just go do it. You won't regret it. Yeah. Yeah. So try something new, step out of your comfort zone. Can't tell you how many times that's ended up making memories of a lifetime. Yeah. If you can can squeeze the time and you can find ways to save money. Yeah. uh, Just got to not make excuses and go do stuff like that. It's just money, right? You can't take it with you, so. That's right. You can't take the money with you. Figure out how to make it work for you, you know? That's right. You can take the memories, though. I'll tell you that. So that's what matters. Absolutely. For sure, man. You bet. But, no, you got a muley, too. Yeah, man. not Not very long after last time we talked. Yeah. Yeah, after our last podcast, I... I went out, uh, did my yearly pilgrimage out to Western Nebraska by Harrison, um, and hung out with some buddies out there. And um, that's like I don't know <laughs> if they're if if mule deer are your nemesis, antelope are one hundred percent my nemesis. Because <laughs> I mean, oh my goodness, man! I don't know why they just have my have my number i mean i've shot a few over the years spawn stock but i mean they've been they've been uh tough to come by for sure so but well, uh, but yeah what's that i was gonna say i'd say if antelope are your nemesis you're doing pretty good because those are one of the toughest animals to shoot spot and stock so yeah yeah they're they're just so so difficult but um but yeah, man, went out there and no, just had a great time. I mean, it's just always one of my favorite trips of the year and not even because, I mean, I love hunting antelope. I mean, just absolutely love it. I'm terrible at it. I mean, but, uh, I just love doing it. Like it just is so much fun. You're just, you know, putting on miles, you know, class and animals you're seeing stuff you're making plays you're just like always doing something you know it's like there's never a dull moment either you're traveling to the next spot or you're hiking to the next spot Mm -hmm. or you're glassing a buck waiting for him to make a mistake you know it's just like constant constant uh you know um action and so i just really really enjoy it and just aside from that i mean my my buddies that live up there, I mean, I see them, you know, maybe the one guy I always stay with, or I didn't stay with him this year. I took my camper and put it in his yard. But um, but my buddy that whose uh, wife's family's place, I'm I'm very 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 fortunate to be able to hunt on, um, and certainly don't don't take that for granted. Um, I feel very very blessed that I get a get a hunt on there because it's a pretty cool place but um but anyways i just i love hanging out with them and i see him maybe twice a year he'll probably come down pheasant hunt this this winter sometime and usually try to do that and so you know might see him twice a year maybe more just depends but and then the other guys up there i mean pretty much see when i come up antelope hunting and that's about it so that's i always say it's i don't ever really expect to shoot an antelope it's more just a I mean, I, I hunt hard. Don't get me wrong. Like, I mean, I'm I'm going sunrise to sunset virtually every day. But, um, but I just mostly enjoy just the, you know, camaraderie and hanging out with those guys. So, that's right. It was always fun. But, but yeah, man. No, I man, I had just I had some really good, uh, really good hunts. I mean. I went later this year. I told you that. Um, I think we talked about that last podcast of just in the past when I've gone earlier, it just seems like all the bucks are still grouped up. I mean, I've, in the past I've seen groups of like nine bucks and five bucks and seven bucks, you know, just like, I mean, just too many to even try to do anything with, you know, and, and of course they're always bedded on the flattest part of the whole place. So, you know, can't get within, three quarters of a mile of them if you wanted to, but <laughs> it's all works with some things, you know, just where to bed. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, that's actually funny. I was listening to, uh, who was I listening to the other day of podcast? Maybe it was, 
don't know if it was Remy Warren, maybe, but he was just saying how antelope, they don't have any, or maybe it was, might've been the mediator podcast. I can't remember, but it doesn't matter. But anyways, there was somebody was saying, you know, antelope, they don't have a sense of what hiding means. Like they're not trying to hide, you know, they're just like, they're, they're just there. Like they're just yeah. not beer trying to hide from you, you know? It's just like an antelope's just like out there. It wants to be in the open. It wants to see and be seen. And like, you know, it just, it's like, I don't know. I just never thought about it like that, but I just thought that was interesting. But, um, but yeah, man. Um, so I went a little later this year and, um, and I think the first day, well, first, yeah, first day I got there around lunchtime, I got my camp kind of set up, got camp and everything. And I went out and hunted that evening and almost got it done. Like the first night, I mean, got within, I think I got to like 75 yards of these two really nice bucks and they ended up coming into about, I think I shot at 55 at one. Um, I don't remember for sure what the distances were, but I had ranged it and, but just like not a, not a super ideal shot. They were, they were both, um, in the setting sun, essentially. I mean, not like skyline skyline, but they were like, you know, like, I mean, the sun is like on their backs and I'm trying to look at them. And so wasn't, uh, wasn't not trying to make excuses for myself. i missed them, but, <laughs> but, uh, it just was kind of one of those things that, um, not not a super easy shot and anyways so I kind of blew that opportunity which you know whatever I was like I got four more days to hunt or three more days I guess it was three more days to hunt so what the heck and and then uh man my buddy the next morning I guess I went with uh with a guy one of my friends um he just came along and we we hunted a little bit um had some close calls, just nothing. And then, and then man, my, my good buddy that I was camped in his yard, <laughs> um, he, uh, he came with me and, um, I, I got a Montana decoy this year. Um, and we used that and holy cow, man, we just had, we had a lot of fun. We'd, we got really close, um, a lot and just something would always happen, but man, we got charged by multiple bucks. Like, just like, it was crazy, man. It was All like, just, stuff, you know, oh fired my up coming into decoy like that. Yeah. A couple of times we like, which I mean, it was our own stupidity, but like, you know, we talk about lessons that you learn like multiple times is like I, three or four times we, we were pretty much just running around and uh, his side by side. And then we'd, you know, kind of get to a point and we'd, we'd find a herd and, and then, uh, you know, kind of get position to make a play. Well, a couple of times we just, you know, we'd park at the base of a hill and we'd run up to the top with the decoy and, you know, not thinking about hiding particularly the side by side very well. And, <laughs> and then the buck would be on a freaking beeline towards us running and, and he'd come kind of, you know, kind of side, you know, come to the side of us a little bit and, crest that hill and then he'd turn around and run the other way because there's a side-by-side parked 100 yards down the hill you know like just like just stupid things like that but I mean I don't know whatever I I shouldn't probably admit that but it's okay I don't really care it was just it was a lot of fun we had we had a good time I mean really like really really fun um and I hadn't been able to do that with him because usually you know it's hard to like when you're doing it like that, you can have two guys and it works really yeah. well. One guy can hold the decoy. But if you're trying to just like sneak on them, I mean. It doesn't work well. It, no. You just, just, I mean, just. You're go doubling your chances of getting seen. Is yeah. You yeah, exactly. So, so anyways, but yeah, we had a lot of fun and I, I should have killed a buck. I had a, had a pretty good opportunity. Good shot at about. I think he was 50 yards. I, again, I don't remember the exact distances, but I'd ranged and ranged kind of a grassy edge. Um, and he walked right along it and just an absolutely beautiful buck too. I mean, would have been a trophy in anyone's mind, I think, but, um, but, uh, 
would never stop. Just kept walking, kept walking, kept walking, never stopped, never stopped, never stopped. And finally I just said, I've got to try to shoot because he's not stopping. And I mean, I made all sorts of noises at him, anything I could possibly think of. And he just didn't care. Like he was just like going. So, I mean, he wasn't walking very fast, but, um, but anyways, I, I shot and I, I just went right underneath him. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I'm not, I don't like shooting at walking things, but, um, sometimes I have to, yeah, I mean, that, that, I mean, it, it was either he got to the point where he was going to see there was something wrong and it was either I tried yeah. to get a shot or, or he's gone. So I guess I made that decision and I can live with that. That's fine. But, um, but yeah, anyways, and then, uh, so yeah, I mean, hunted antelopes, I mean, really hard, like, I don't know, probably, I don't know, at least 10 miles every day, maybe more. Um, and then it's kind of the last, I guess it was on Saturday. We'd, we'd hunted pretty hard, made some plays on some antelope. Um, and we were, uh, well, we got a flat tire in the side by side. And so we had to take that back. So we get that back to where it needed to go. And we're just kind of like, you know, what do we do now? And my buddy was like, well, we could go, uh, it's like, we go check this one pasture out and, you know, see if there's any mule deer. And if you wanted to try to put a sneak on a mule deer, you know, just kind of take a break from antelope for a couple hours. And I said, yeah, no, I think that'd be, that'd be good. <laughs> I could use a, I could use a little break from frustration, I guess. But, um, and so anyhow, we jump in my pickup and started into this pasture and, I don't know if we'd gone 200 yards and there's a trail road two track that off the main County road that leads up to this windmill. Um, and it's probably, we are just going to go up to the windmill and, and park and there's a little knob you get on top and you can glass this, this Canyon or I, don't, I guess I don't know if I'd call it a, I guess it's a Canyon draw, big draw. Um, and, uh, glass this and see if we could find any antelope down there but or, or mule deer for that matter but anyways we're kind of there's kind of a, a couple little rises where you, you can't really see the tank of the of the windmill you know and until you, you there's a little rise and then another little rise and then one more and then you can finally see the tank well anyways we're on like that second or third rise and and i look up and and just to the right of the of the windmill on there's a hillside kind of on the back side of this windmill to the west of the windmill and we're, we're heading west looking looking um and i look up on the hillside i'm like gary there's that looks like something you know standing there or bedded there and mm -hmm. and uh and so we stop and i throw up my binoculars i'm like oh man that's a <laughs> that's a really nice mule deer you know like that's a that's a good buck and so and I'm, I'm thinking at this point, I'm like, you know, the gig's up, like, you know, he, obviously he can see us, like we're, we're exposed. I mean, he can see half my truck, you know, at least if, if not the whole thing. And so I'm just figuring that he's going to get up and bust, but we just kind of backed up and he didn't, he just stayed bedded. I don't know if he, he must've just thought he was in a good spot and, and we didn't see him, I guess. Cause I mean, he never even moved. Um, and we just kind of slowly backed down. So we were kind of in a little low spot again and then turned and just kind of drove down into this draw because there's all these fingers that come off of it. And we figured, well, we can find a finger to come up and, and, uh, get on him. Um, and I kind of had him marked on Onyx, like, well, I think he's here. And anyways, long story short, we go down park to pick up, walk up this first finger and, and like, we were in the wrong finger cause he's like right there. Like, again, I don't have no idea. Somehow he didn't see us just like, cause we, we eventually got, got to the point where we're like thinking he's over here, the classic, like, Oh, I think he's over here, but he's actually like, no, he's actually over here. You know, thought he was to my right. He's to my left. <laughs> and like, he's laying right there in plain view, but somehow doesn't see me. You know, I just, it was just, I don't know. 
it just this stock was just meant to be because we yeah. could have done like anything possible to mess it up. We tried to really hard, but um, but yeah, and so we kind of backed out of that draw and then went up the next finger, and that was that was the right choice because we eventually my Gary just kind of waited at the bottom and I snuck up and I had a nice little ridge. Um, it was kind of running like, I guess, Southeast to Northwest, just at an angle wind was howling from the West. So my wind was good. Um, you know, it's probably blowing 25, 30 or so. Um, and then this, the deer was just bedded right on the other side of this lip on the East face of this kind of ridge. And so I just kept sneaking up and, um, you know, eventually I got to about, oh, I think 65 or something. And I thought, well, or no, I think the first time I, I peeked up and looked, I was about a hundred. Um, and I was trying to make sure that my wind didn't mess me up. Cause it, like I said, it was kind of blowing across this. And so if I got too far along the ridge, he was going to smell me, you know? Um, but luckily it was real steady and just, just kept blowing fine. And, um, but I just kept kind of creeping to the Northwest. Just, I'd kind of go down off the ridge, creep a little farther, come back up it. Um, and just, you know, I'd get another beat on them. So the next time I'd creeped up, it was like 80. And then I went a little bit farther and it's like 65. And then I went a little bit farther and it was like, okay. And then I was like 50. And I'm like, all right, I can do this. I can make this shot. Like, that's fine. Um, and then about that time, I guess might've been a little bit before that. Um, I was sitting there and I look up on the hill and this freaking coyote comes over the ridge um, and standing like 20 yards from this buck. And this buck like stands up and just kind of looks at the coyote and they probably stood there and stared at each other for five minutes. Um, and finally this coyote, I guess just decided that he didn't want to mess with with that. And so he just kind of turns around and trots off. But I thought maybe I was going to get to see something crazy for a little bit there, but I got a little Western there for a sec. I thought it was going to, well, at first I thought, first I'm thinking like, you've got to be kidding me. I'm like 60 <laughs> yards from this buck, this freaking coyote's going to come in here and blow this thing out of here and mess this entire stock up, you know, that I've spent, the last two hours or so trying to get close here. And, um, but anyways, the deer just, I mean, coyote left and that deer just kind of bit it back down. Um, I don't even know if he, if he even, uh, moved spots. He might have just stayed in the same bed. Um, but yeah, anyways, so I finally, like I said, I get, get to about 50 yards and, and, uh, and my, my wind's fine. Like I said, blowing pretty hard, but I just keep thinking like the longer I'm sitting here, the more chance there is that some, that, cause I mean the wind, I mean, I was cutting it fairly close, but it was still fine. And I just kept thinking the longer I have to sit here, the more chance there is I'm going to get a swirl and he's going to smell me and it's going to be game over, you know? And the way I was positioned, I mean, I had no shot. Um, he was kind of behind a couple of yucca plants, um, but like I said, 50 yards. Um, and so finally I just decided, and I don't know, you'd probably laugh at this, but um, I remember somebody telling me one time to, you know, get a, get a buck to stand and try throwing a rock. <laughs> and so, so I found a bunch of rocks and um, the buck wouldn't stand up. Um, I probably threw 15 or 20 rocks um, over into this draw, um, just kind of heaved them. Um, they're all pretty small. So I just don't know if he didn't hear anything. Cause like I said, the wind's blowing like crazy, but, um, so finally I'm like, this is getting ridiculous. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm ready to shoot too. And I'm just like, this is getting ridiculous. Um, so I go and I find a, a big rock. Like he's going to hear, <laughs> he's going to hear this one. Chuck that over stands up dead on facing me. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. And so he uh, stands there for a little bit and I'm just waiting, I'm ready to shoot. And he's not looking at me or anything. He's just like, well, what, what was that? You know, I heard a noise and 
Um, anyways, eventually beds back down again. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me, man. Like, you know, didn't get a shot. Like he stood up. And so I find some more big rocks and I go to chucking some more rocks down into the draw. And I think I threw two or three finally stands up again. Um, and this time he's quartered away. Um, and so I, I draw back and, um, and it's pretty hard angle, but, um, I mean, I just, I just, I don't know. I just felt confident, put my pin right behind his ribs, um, squeezed it. And I mean, I watched the arrow, I heard it go whop, you know, that beautiful sound when that arrow freaking finds its mark and, um, and, uh, you know, he takes off and I, I mean, I, I was pretty sure it looked like a good hit, but you just never know until you know, you know, and, um, but as he's going over the, the ridge, I see just like, looks like a fire hose of, of, uh, um, blood just exiting from the entrance wound. And so I thought, oh, okay, I think, uh, I think, I don't think he's going to go very far. So, and he didn't. He, I kind of ran up on top after he ran over the ridge. I ran up on top of the ridge just to make sure that, you know, and I could, cause I could pretty much see, you know, he, he ran down into this bottom and I couldn't see him, but I could see basically all of his escape routes. And so I knew that as long as I stand here and wait, you know, figured I'd wait. I, I sat there for probably 15, 20 minutes, just making sure I didn't see him come out anywhere. And he didn't. Um, and then about that time, you know, my buddy comes up cause he had heard me shoot. Um, cause he was kind of down in the bottom a little farther behind me. Um, and he comes up and I said, yeah, I'm pretty sure I made a good shot. I'm pretty sure I found blood, you know, and I said, let's just give him a little time. Like, I think he's dead just down in this bottom, but I'm not hundred percent sure. You know, I can't see down in there and I don't want to get any closer to spook him. And so we ended up going back, get my pickup, um, kind of looked for blood, found a few spots. Um, but it was tough track and it was like just this, I mean, like, rocky bare dirt stuff um and even like where he had gone over the ridge and i'd seen all that blood we really just found like a few specks it was more like just like a spray almost you know like just mm -hmm. little specks here and there and um but anyways i mean long story short we get to the head of this ridge or this draw and i mean i'm looking down in there i'm like um gary i'm pretty sure that's a dead deer down there <laughs> Sure enough, we throw up the binos, and there he was, laying down there dead. So I was pretty pumped. I mean, that was uh, not really what I expected for that particular trip, but um, that was pretty cool. Worked out, and it was a gorgeous buck, too. Yeah, man. I mean, he's my biggest mule deer I've ever shot. So, I mean, and he's not that big, but... Um, we were talking, I know you and I were talking a while back about mule deer kind of deceiving, you know, they, they are, you think you I shoot think. this really nice one and, you know, and then, I mean, not that score matters. I don't mean that, but just, you know, I just like to use that as kind of a gauge, you know? Yep. Um, yeah. And I mean, I figured when I shot him, I'm like, I think that buck's Pope and young, I would think, you know, it seems like it. And I mean, he's going to be, He's going to be five to seven inches short, probably, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like, man, they're deceiving. They're just, they're big yeah. and grainy. That's why I like them so much. I mean, yeah, even those, even those smaller bucks look tempting sometimes, you know, and yeah, they can be deceiving. You got to get multiple angles at those things to get a good feel of what you're really looking at. Yep. You know, completely yep. different than looking at a white tail, but absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, I knew he wasn't a giant, but I mean, is a nice buck and i very nice buck mature beautiful you can't yeah you pass up that deer you uh Don't you know, have you got, got a lot of self-control <laughs> yeah yeah or something yeah but no yeah it was uh <clears throat> it was a fun hunt really really enjoyed that and yeah and we <clears throat> of course got them all taken care of i mean it was like 90 some degrees that day so we took some pictures real quick and got him 
got him back to my buddy's house and took care of the meat real quick. So it was, uh, yeah, it was fun. It was a fun, uh, fun trip. And yeah, then I guess, you know, aside from that, I've just been, we went up a couple weekends ago up to the ranch with uh, my buddies, Neil and Brody and Blake and got in the weekend of hunting there. And, um, Brody ended up shooting a pretty, um, pretty decent mule deer, nothing, nothing, um, crazy big, but just a, you know, representative Nebraska mule deer for sure. So, and it was his first mule deer ever too. So he was pretty pumped. He'd never shot one before. So. Oh yeah. Um, Plus like you said earlier, that camaraderie, you guys spend oh. that time together. I know when you guys stop by at the cabin, yeah, build up some lunch and stuff. It's always just a good time getting a bunch of buddies together like that. You know, it's like, if you can get a deer when you go to camp like that with your buddies, it's just a bonus, you know? It's, yeah. uh, especially as you get older, it's a rare thing to get a bunch of your good friends together like that. We can all get a free weekend and yep. uh, go enjoy a camp together. Yeah, I think Neil said, he's like, yeah, I don't even know if I really need to go deer hunting. I just want to hang out at camp. I know. <laughs> I know it. I was like, well, that's, that's not really why we came up here, but that's a good point though I, I get what you're saying it's just yeah yeah but yeah we had a good time and then yeah man I've been hunting down at my in-laws pretty frequently and trying to trying to fill my second tag but hopefully get it done here one of these days but yeah it's November now and uh I know you're coming up here on Wednesday and yeah the forecast looks phenomenal and I assume the rut's gonna be popping off any day hardcore now i mean it's it's a ticking time bomb waiting to happen i have a feeling a lot of good deer are gonna hit the ground and next week week and a half so i like i like your chances of punching the tag here in the next week or so yeah i hope so man i uh i'm looking forward to it i i uh it's been a fun year i mean good some good deer hunts and had some some close calls with some pretty special deer, pretty special mule deer here. Not not the, even yeah. the one that I shot, but a couple others that were pretty uh, pretty incredible. So it's I'd been say so. So. type of deer you only get to see once or twice in your life, you know. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'll be thinking about that one for a while. But for for the listeners, I saw a really, really, really big mule deer a while back. So <laughs> it's, yeah. I've been thinking about it a lot here lately. But anyways, it's uh, I'll probably never see him again, and that's okay. I saw him once. That's that's all all I needed. But you never know. All it takes is for him to get get a little bit stupid one day following a doe here in the next couple of weeks and yeah yeah follow him to the wrong spot and decide he wants to get sleepy on a side hill one windy afternoon and yeah the rest will be history that's true you never know you know he's there he gives you motivation to go back absolutely yeah no man that'll be good so looking forward to it i don't know we'll see him i'll be up there like i said this week and just kind of want to sort of play it by ear and hunt up there when I can. And if I get another windy day, I might have to bomb back down here and go down, do some, do some mule deer hunting again here, but we'll see right. you know how that is though. If you don't have a good wind, it, you just as well stay home. <laughs> Cause it's, you know, it, yeah. it, it can be frustrating on those calm days, but you get them on a windy one and uh, they get in the right spot, man. It's like, Yep. a wide open layup sometimes but gotta have the right conditions and find them in the right spot yeah like what makes it so fun you bet man but yeah that's kind of the story i feel like that was a really long-winded version for me but <laughs> all right that's how it goes <laughs> i was just kind of reliving it in my head as i was telling it and it was getting me all excited again so <laughs> that's telling hunting stories are for yeah yeah so hopefully somebody somebody will listen to it maybe. I mean, or they'll probably get to me and just turn off the podcast and be like, okay, that's what I need to hear. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyhow, well, I don't know, buddy. Got anything else? I guess I'll be seeing you here in a few days. We'll try to get uh, – I think we, we talked about maybe 
getting our old old uh, old mans old men old mans on. I don't know. <laughs> old men <laughs> on me. Yeah. I'd have to give them a little waiver. They have to sign to say keep it PG and <laughs> yeah. have a have a good sit down little training with them before some yeah orientation yeah. to what they got to do to get on here. But uh, no, yeah. hey, we should get them on here. That'd be a good one to have. Uh, yeah. A lot of history in the NBA between those two. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, a lot of service to the NBA between them too, especially. So it'll be good to get them on and yep, just uh, hit record and let the conversation run. Soon there'll be a lot of good info on there. So absolutely. Well, sounds good, buddy. I'll probably guess we can wrap this one up, but I don't think I have anything else, and uh, I think we got uh, got a good one. Good one rolling here. Hopefully people enjoy this one. Yeah. People are probably tired of listening to us talk, honestly, Zach. I think that's probably what it is. But so I don't know. They needed a break, I think, actually. So maybe, maybe they might have. They'll might be have your have a, now, so it'll be good. But uh, yeah. Either way, I hope uh, I hope if you're listening to this, you're driving in the dark on the way to your tree stand or yeah. going to hunt right now, and it gets you jacked up. That's, that's uh, what I hope for you guys. So Absolutely. Help pass the time in the car anyways. Listen to two idiots ramble on about hunting stories, I guess. <laughs> yeah. We're pretty good at that. <laughs> we are good at that. <laughs> Gotta be good at something. Yeah, yeah. Gotta be good at something. That's true. So well. All right, buddy. Well, you take care. We'll uh we'll see you in a few days, huh? Yep, we'll see you soon. All right, well, with that, uh this is Kyle Klammer. This is Zach Welch. And this is? Good Life Bowhunter, official podcast of the NBA. Good luck, guys. We'll see you later.